we continue preaching uh, through part two. Last week we were laying a foundation. We were looking at how and when to receive the Holy Spirit. And as you remember, I said there's a few things that must happen before we can continue on. Now, I want to say before I preach today, I just want to say this, that I do not claim to know everything in the Word of God. I do not. I don't. I am still learning as you are learning, and, and believe me that we will continue learn until the day we die. Who knows that? The day we die, we're going to see all things as they are. It is so wonderful when my brother was talking about end of time. You know, Jesus was in eternity. Before we even arrived on the scene, he was in eternity. We praise him in time. And then you and I, listen to this now. I just dawned upon me when I was listening to this. You and I are going to outlive the Bible. Think about that. Because at the end of the Bible, there's a time that this world comes to an end. And then we're going to be with him in eternity forever. And it's not as if these things is going to matter anymore. These things. I remembered my watch today. I just wanted to show you all. The other Sunday I forgot my watch and I could preach for an hour. Now I've got it on. I can't. But, uh, you know, these things is going to disappear. That's sticking away your time. Do you know this? This watch that you have. I love watches, by the way. But as it ticks on there, second, 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 it ticks away my time and your time. And time is something that as you grow older, you haven't got a lot of, yes? It just ticks away. But there cometh a day when time will stop and time will be no more. And then, uh, I don't know what the watchmakers is going to do, but they've got no business anymore. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing is I'm going to touch now on the Holy Spirit. Now, as I said to Brother Oral this morning, you know, when we come together, we've all got preconceived ideas about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you get different backgrounds that you were brought up with and which you were taught. And I don't want to challenge your, your, your teachings or anything. And some of you might say to me, but listen to me, preacher, I've had an experience. And I've experienced it and nothing you can say will take the experience away. I'm not here to take away the experience. If the Lord has blessed you with the Holy Spirit in a way, in a special way, and, and it blesses you, God bless your heart. This is not what this is about. What I am about to do is I'm about to open up the Word of God, to open it up and to let the Scripture teach us and show us what it is about the Holy Spirit and how it's received. Why do I start this way? Because there's a lot of nonsense going on in the world under the banner of Holy Spirit. And because it is the Holy Spirit... People think that you can say and do things now which can't be challenged, but it will be challenged through the Word of God. The Word of God always challenges our beliefs. Listen to me how I say it. The Word of God will challenge your beliefs. Because there's two beliefs in the world. It is what God teaches. It is God's ideas. No, no. It's God's thoughts. It is God's mind versus what you believe. And you are the one, you are the one that needs to change to conform to God. He ain't going to do it the other way around. It doesn't matter me who's saying that, whether he's your most famous preacher or not, if it is not according to the word of God, it is not true. Hallelujah. I'm glad I found a few trainings this morning. Hallelujah. 
So, without any further ado, I want to get into today, because I believe the Lord wants to show us something. The Holy Spirit through the book of Acts. Now, a few, you know, I think it's nearly a year ago we started preaching through the book of Acts. And I showed you that it's a transitional book. You remember that? That things changed. It transitioned from the Jews to the Gentiles. It transitioned from water baptism, which a lot of churches still hold on to, strongly to be saved, towards the baptism in the blood of Christ. It is the blood of Christ. The sermons preached in the first part of the book of Acts is different than what uh, Paul preaches in his letters from Romans to Philemon. That is different. But it's the same gospel. It's not a different gospel. That's important to remember. Now, everybody would know this psalm. And this is a really good psalm for you if you want to go and search your heart to see if there's still sin in your heart. Open up in Psalm 51. This psalm here, if you read it from the start, tells you exactly that every person that was born was born a sinner. You know, David says there, I went astray speaking lies in verse 3. He continues on and to tell how depraved he is as a man before a holy God. And then we come down to verse 10. And this is really interesting for me. Because he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Now we've got a song that we sing about this, don't we? We've got a song, and I, I hope it goes like that. I hope I can sing it in solo very good. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me. Yep. From thy presence, O Lord. Now let's just stop there. Take not away the Holy Spirit from me. Now we sing the song in the New Testament. We sing the song. We sing it in the churches. And we are saints. Now, we're going to start a study in the book of Ephesians, and I'm going to explain to you the word saints, but just take it for today that if you are a child of God, if you are born again, you're a saint. Not like the Roman Catholic saints, okay? We'll get there. But here we are. We are born again children of God, and we still sing the song. And Leone said to me one day, wait a minute, shall we continue to sing the song? And I say, well, the song is not for us. It's not for the church of today, this song. Why are we singing it? Why are we still singing and say, Holy Spirit, God, don't take the Holy Spirit away from me. Why are we singing it? Because it's of teachings that comes in, brothers and sisters, and we don't search the scriptures and challenge the teachings. We need to challenge every single thing we hear. I know, it's a beautiful song. And we can say we sing scripture. But we are singing in this song, Lord, do not take the Holy Spirit from me. 
But the scripture of God do not contradict itself. You need to understand, brothers and sisters, this is under the old covenant when they sang this. Look at the new covenant. Look at the promise Jesus gave us. He says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he might abide by you for? Come on, say it, church. Say it again. And one more time. How long is forever? I mean, that is what it is, isn't it? He says the Holy Spirit will, either Jesus is lying or there's something big wrong here. But we cannot sing that song. We cannot go back and say, Lord, do not take the Holy Spirit from me. Because if, if you are born again and the Spirit comes and He lives inside of you, Jesus Christ said today, no, I'm, I'm not interested what this theologian say. I'm not interested what your favorite pastor or your church group saying. I'm saying to you today what the Word of God says. And Jesus' words is what I'm standing on. And He says if that Spirit comes and lives inside of you, He lives lives there forever. Forever. Now, we are going to go, after this preacher is coming next week, the next week I may teach on that, but we will talk about quenching the Spirit. That can happen. Quenching the Spirit happens. And there are people walking around in the world and they're trying to do a lot of things in their own power. I've preached a sermon on this before, man's power versus God's willpower. But there's people who's trying to do it on their own because they quench the Spirit of the Lord which is in them. It is like, it is like you know, I want to go to a place on the other side of Melbourne. I don't know how to get there. There's no GPSs around back in the day. And I've got a map. What is better than a map? Somebody who can get with me in the car and say, I know where you want to go. I will take you there. Now, if I get this person in the car and he sits next to me and I drive down, remember there's no GPSs, no mobile phones. I'm just listening to this man. And he says, I want you to continue on this road and turn left at the roundabout. Now I'm driving and I'm listening what he's saying. I come to the roundabout and I turn left. And then he says, continue until you get the traffic lights. At the traffic lights goes through. I continue until I get to the traffic lights. Halfway through my journey, I decide I'm not going to listen to this guy. His voice sounds really boring to me. You know, I should have had a female voice in there or anything else. But no, I'm not going to listen to him. Now the voice says to me at the next traffic light, turn right. What, you know what? What do you know? I've got a better way. I continue through the traffic light. And he said, he's sitting next to me, he goes, reroute, reroute. <laughs> and then I get to the next one and he says, turn left and I turn right. Am I going to get to my destination? This is how a lot of people work with the Holy Spirit in their lives today. This is how they work with him. The Spirit of God is there to help you, to guide you, to work with you. But you are not allowing Him to do that. Now people say, oh, you know what? He's been taken out of my life. He's no longer with me. No, no, no. If you are truly born again and you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ says to you today, He lives with you forever. And what you need to do is you need to stop suppressing the Holy Spirit in your life. Start living a life so that the Holy Spirit can work with you with you I just have to get that one out of the way because we don't sing that song in this church anymore because we are under the new covenant we are under the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ's blood and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit 
Now, Jesus gives us this promise here. It's a wonderful promise. I love this. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He says, I will pray the Father that He abides for you with ever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, I spoke about it last week, because it neither sees Him nor it knows Him, but you know Him. Have you done your homework? Who watched the videos during the week? Okay, a few people did. But do you know the Holy Spirit? For he dwells with you and he will be in you. Now the question is how and when. And like I say, there's a lot of people who's got a lot of ideas. And I've heard a lot of things going on in the world. You know, there's people who say if you don't speak tongues, you haven't got the Holy Spirit. But then I think about what Paul says in the book of Corinthians. He says not everybody speaks in tongues. So we can challenge every single thing by the word of God. Amen. So let's continue on. I'm going to build out a timeline for you. And what I'm going to do today is I'm just going to look at seven instances when the Holy Spirit came and people were baptized in the Spirit and filled in the Spirit and see if we learn something through the Word of God. Remembering, remembering that the book of Acts is a transitional book. We're going to see a transitioning even through the Holy Spirit as the gospel transitioned through here from water to blood, you will also see from Peter to Paul. And in the book of Romans, it says that Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. So Paul is the one that we need to start reading from Romans to the book of Philemon. Am I saying that right? Philemon. Philemon. Okay, just I'll say it in Afrikaans. Philemon. Okay, so this is where we find the doctrine of the church today. I find so many churches built their doctrine on what's happened here, and it was preached to the Jews. So let's look at the first one. We find it in John chapter 20, not in Acts, because this is the first time after Jesus was risen from the grave. John 20, verse 21, he says, So Jesus said to them, he appeared to them after he was uh, uh, resurrected, he said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also sent you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. <sighs> he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So we find a really interesting part here. And now you find super apostles and whatever they get named on the TV, they get groups of people in churches and they blow on them. <laughs> and what happens? All of a sudden people fall down. I know, I've been in the army, I know how you can control masses and that's what I'm seeing. I don't see the Holy Spirit. Mass control is so easy. I can control this whole crowd here today. I can quickly do that. You, you, you want me to show you? Okay, everybody on your, on your feet. Everybody? Come on, everybody on your feet. I'm not joking, everybody. Glenn, okay, the person who's not going to stand up is going to sing a solo. You want to sing a solo, Veda? Come, everybody, on your feet. You ready to sing a solo, brother? You want to, I'll bring the mic to you. Come, everybody on the feet, just quickly, just one. Come on, my brother, you can do it, you can do it. <laughs> okay, okay, you can all sit down. 
So I've controlled by a few people standing up, I've controlled 80% of this group. The only reason why I couldn't control the others is they were in on it. They go, oh, no, no, I'm going to disprove what he wants to show. But you stood up, didn't you? Why? Because the person next to you stood up. And this happens in churches as well. I see it so many times, you know, when there's these big outreaches and they say, oh, this minister came from America and he preached and 2,000 people gave their hearts to the Lord. And I say, how did it happen? Well, they made an altar call and they said, they said this from the, they said, turn to the person next to you and say, don't you also want to go? Don't you also want to go? Because there's already people going down. Now, listen, brothers and sisters, I forgot to say it in the beginning. If you think I'm mocking God and the Holy Spirit, you make a big mistake. I've been agonized about preaching this sermon because it's about the Holy Spirit. And I will never in my life put my soul in jeopardy to preach against the Spirit of God. But here it is. You know, so many people go down because a friend said to me, don't you think you should go down as well? How does he know my life that he knows that I should go down? But not to disappoint him or my friends. I might have gone with five of my friends. Three of them stand up and they go to the front. Two sit down. And what are they going to say? Oh, we better go because people are going to look at us now and then they stand up and they go and that's not a conversion to Christ the same thing happened in churches under the Holy Spirit but because they say Jesus breathed on them <sighs> let me just say to you today you are not Jesus you are not Jesus to breathe on people you see but let's focus on this here now he says receive the Holy Spirit the word therefore receive in Greek is the word lambano and I, I hope I say it right. Lambano. But it... Lambano. Okay, we've got it. Praise the Lord. It means to take up. So it says when they receive the Holy Spirit, it is that word there. And it's so interesting. You say to me, but Jesus did it. But there's something special that happened here. I want you to see this. When these apostles or disciples were standing in front of him and he blew on them... Jesus did that specifically. Why? Because at that point in time, those men became born again. You can't receive the Holy Spirit if you are not born again. These men were following Him. And at that point in time, when the Spirit starts taking residence in them, you had to be born again. And remember what I said last week, you must be born again. And at this point in time, they received the Holy Spirit. But you know what? This is so beautiful because he gives them new life, eternal life. The Bible says that Jesus came, Christ came, and in him was light, and that light was the life. Listen to this now. It goes back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Jesus, just repeat what's happened there. Remember when God formed Adam out of the clay. He says in Genesis 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Don't you find it neat in the New Testament, Testament under the New Covenant, when he talks about the new life, that Jesus is doing this? The same that was happened in Genesis chapter 2, when God gave man life. Life. So this was a unique event. This is not something the church can build its doctrine on and say now we as a church can do that. 
There's no person who can stand up now and go, I'm going to blow, blow new breath, new life. Only Jesus could have done that. Because he was the carrier of new life. So if this happened, you know, if we put it on the timeline, these men received the Holy Spirit. It was breathed on them, and that's the word lambano, which means to take up. Let's go to the second one. I'm hurrying on because they seven. Jesus gave another promise. When he appeared to them again in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 5, he says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus is now comparing the baptism of the Holy Spirit with water baptism. He says that's not what is important now anymore. This is important now. There's a but, a sharp contrast. You shall be baptized not many days from now. Later on he says to them, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Then we find Acts chapter 2. This is so fascinating. Because a lot of churches are building their doctrine about the Holy Spirit on this event. On this event. This is what they're building on. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound of a, from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance we all know about this event don't we it's been taught so many times and here we find it but there's something interesting here he says that they were filled the greek word they fulfilled is the word pletho it's not the word lamaro it's the word pletho which means to fill something to the top so now we've got something interesting about the Holy Spirit. You get a receiving which comes by baptism and you get a filling. A filling with the Spirit and a receiving. Now, some people say this is the same event. Some people say it's two different events. I'm not going to talk about that today. But we will, t we will address that in a few weeks' time. But what I want you to see here is that this is to believing Jews. Who was in the upper room? Jews. There were Jews in the upper room. And those Jews in the upper room were sitting there and waiting on the promise that was given to them. He says, not many days from now. He says, you shall receive power. And they were all in one accord. All of them were there. It was Jews sitting up there and they were waiting for something to happen. And you see, all of them most probably were already baptized by John the Baptist for the remission of sin. So there's something interesting that happens here. There might have been some people in that room who haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. So yes, in this particular time, it could be both of them happened. They received it, but they were also filled. Filling for the Holy Spirit is to fill you with power for a work in ministry. We will get to that. But I want you to see this. Now, uh, just for a side note here, I've preached a sermon on the 20th of March last year. It's on YouTube about the miracle of tongues. Go and, go and listen to that sermon. 
Because the tongues which was spoken on this day isn't tongues from heaven, a heavenly language. It was languages from the people who attended Jerusalem on that day. And if you're going to work it out, it's homework for you. You can actually go and see how many disciples was in the room and how many nations was represented there. So most probably those disciples went out and they spoke each one a different language of the people who were represented in Jerusalem. And again, again, I want to say to you today that this is not where we as a church today build our doctrine on. If we put it onto the timeline, we see there they received it. And now those same disciples was in the upper room. There's a filling that's happening there. There's sounds of wind. There's tongues of fire. They're speaking in tongues. And they were all filled. And now we get churches. And what do they do? They want to copycat this event. They want to do what's happened here. And what do they do? They darken the room. Wonder why? Why would they want to darken the room? You know, I walk into a church and it's dark and I go, why would you want to hide in the dark if we follow the light? Why do you want to dim the lights? Why should we dim the lights today? And then they've got these special lights for special effects. Why? I'm just asking the questions. You can fill in the blanks. And again, I say, if you are sitting here today and you say to me, oh, but preacher, I've had the most wonderful experience in one of these places. God bless your heart. I'm just telling you why is this happening? And then they've got smoke machines coming out. No, no, we need to get the ambience. We need to get the room right. And then we've got singers up there who sing today's kind of worship songs. And they keep on going and going and going and going. And it becomes mantras. Listen to me now today. A lot of the worship songs of today is mantras. It's not worshiping God. They keep on doing it, and I can show you video on video on video of people who's following gurus in India, gurus all over the world. They hype people up in mantras, they get the emotions going, and then they stop them. All of a sudden, all the music stops, and you don't know what happens to a person emotionally, and everybody comes out there and says, Whoa, that was a thrill, man. But that's not the Holy Spirit. And again, if you are getting uh, you really cross at me right now, God bless your heart. But I want you to listen through. Don't run away right now because you're going to get more crossed with me today. But this is what we need to understand. Again, I said to you, I warned you, I said, if you come with your preconceived ideas, you will get crossed. But put them aside and listen to the word of God. This, we can't, we can't redo Pentecost. Pentecost already happened. It happened. So this is just what I'm saying. The Word of God is renewing the hearts of people right now. You, you know, again, uh, if God's working and I'm going against Him, I will stand before God one day and give an account. Don't believe every single thing you see these days under the word revival. Do not. Because the Bible says when they come to you and say, Peace, peace. If the Bible said, if they come and say, Christ is here in the desert, don't follow them. So we find here now this year, and it's amazing, you know. Now we've got people, and I'm going to address it again. I come from a Pentecostal background, brothers and sisters. I've been through this. Waiting services. 
Where we have to now is a group going, wait on the Holy Spirit to be baptized. No, I'll show you at the end of the service how you're going to get the Holy Spirit and when you get it. But now they say, keep on, come on, come on, we want to hear it, we want to hear it, we want to hear it until somebody speaks in a tongue. And then what happens? They say, oh, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is not biblical. I'm so sorry. If that was biblical, Jesus would have taught that and Paul would have taught that himself. So let's continue on. So we see here is a receiving, which we say is a baptism into that. But there's, there's something I need to touch on here before. Remember when, the, when he breathed on these men here, the church was not established yet. You remember that? Because the church was established in the day of Pentecost. Is that right? So in the day of Pentecost, that happened. So here when that happened, these men were in there. Now we're going to see later on today that Paul says that we were baptized into the body of Christ. Yes? We will get to those verses in a minute. But let's get to the third time this happened. We see that Peter... He's speaking now on the day of Pentecost. He's preaching a good sermon there. I'm just fast forwarding now. And then an amazing thing happens in verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know. This is Peter, full of the Holy Spirit. Assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He's preaching the gospel. And let it also be known that the Holy Spirit follows the gospel. Okay? So he preaches the gospel. In verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And this is what the Spirit of God does. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, look now intentively. He says, everybody say that? Repent. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive lambano i hope i say that right my brother i'll just use that one lambano the gift of the holy spirit but to whom did he talk to jews now he says not here the baptism of john the baptist he says the baptism of jesus christ for the remission of sins so what is he telling them he says you need to repent you need to be water baptized and then you will receive the holy spirit and would you believe there are churches today who preaches the same thing people come into the church and they say if you are born again we do an altar call and now you need to be water baptized and not long this afternoon or tomorrow you can't wait a week or two weeks what's going to happen when you die then you're not water baptized and then you can't receive the holy spirit and that poor soul says you know i've been born again today but now i can't be baptized today i've got my nice suit on it's a very expensive i can't be baptized and now you have to wait maybe two weeks three five weeks before the church has got a baptism service so for three or four weeks you haven't got the holy spirit But to whom did he preach? He preached to Jews. Remember, in the first part of the book of Acts, they were just talking to Jews. The church didn't go out to the Gentiles. Go and listen to the sermons last week on Acts. They were preaching to Jews. The Jews first, then the Gentiles. This is what Jesus Christ said. So we can't build our doctrine about the Holy Spirit receiving on that. But let's forward on to the fourth event 
We find here believers who prayed for boldness. We remember that Peter and John was caught now by the men, the Pharisees, and they were brought in front of the council, and they said, you better stop preaching this Jesus, or we're going to hurt you badly. Now, I need to say it right. We're going to hurt you really badly. Okay, they were really threatening these men. So what happened? They let the men go, and when Peter and John came to the believers, to the, to the church, this is happening in Acts chapter 4, 29. He says, Now, Lord, look on their, ha- on their threats, these people, and grant your servants that with boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. I hope you can make the connections here. You see, these people were already baptized in the Spirit. They already received the Spirit. But there's something they say here. They say, Lord, we want boldness. We want to speak your word. We want you to use us to heal people, to do signs and wonders, because it's still for the Jews. Remember, the Jews are seeking a sign. This is why God uses signs for the Jews. The Gentiles don't seek a sign. The Gentiles believe by faith. The Jews wanted to see something. Gideon with his three fleeces. Yes? Show me, Lord. I want to see. But brothers and sisters, we as a church, we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't throw out three fleeces and say, Lord, I want to see. Because we are not from that nation. We are grafted into that nation. Praise the Lord. Shout hallelujah. We are grafted in. So what do we do? We walk by faith. But these men, these Jews, every single time around them, God uses signs and wonders and miracles. And here it's the same. They ask for these things, and then what happens? They were filled. They were filled. Remember Jesus' promise. He says, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes. Now let me just say something about filling as well. Because there's some people who believe that we need to be filled. It's like a, a car tank, petrol, t- petrol tank. You know, it's on the full. Then we go into the day and something happens and we, it uses up the Holy Spirit in us. You know, somebody says a dirty word and I was going to tell him not to do that, but I didn't. And a little bit of the Holy Spirit spills out. It doesn't work like that. God doesn't work like that. If He filled you with the Spirit, He gives you the boldness. He gives you that boldness. If He gives you that power to become a witness on the street, you will have that power. Now, there's some people in this place who still haven't got that power to go and stand like Sean. And you need to pray, and God will fill you with that power once for all. Once for all. But there were people in here who said, Lord, fill us, fill us. But now others say, but wait a minute, Peter was in there as well. So he had to get a new filling. Now Peter was already filled, but there's other people. So the Lord may use a filling in this place for people who are not filled. But let's put it on the timeline. You see again, they were filled. There they received it. It was Jews. That was a unique event. 
never to be repeated again. So if you see from now on, you turn your tally on and you see these people blowing on people, no, that is not right. It's not right. And then they were filled, they received it, these people were filled. But we go on. The fifth one. Believers in Samaria. Now, Samarian people were interesting because they were a mixed breed, what they say. Remember, this is the people who stayed behind when the captivities were taken to Babylon and all over. And then what these nations do, they send some of their own people in to mix race, to marry, to, to, to marry with, with uh, the Jews. The Jews saw these people as illegitimate people. Okay, but they were still Jews. They were still Jews. So we see how the Holy Spirit comes right through the book of Acts and how he changes every single time. And here is something interesting. Look at verse 14. Acts 8, 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, Philip was preaching there, doing a very good work. They received the word of God. Again, baptism comes after the gospel. They sent Peter and John to them. Now when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. This is really interesting. They received the Word of God, but the Spirit of God didn't fell on them straight away. Don't you find it fascinating? For as yet had fallen upon them, they had only been, look at this now, baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what baptism is that? Water baptism. They were water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and might, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So we look on the timeline again. They received the Holy Spirit. They were warped and baptized. They were prayed on and hands were laid on them. And again I say, now these churches who believe that you receive the Holy Spirit with the laying on of hands. With the laying on of hands. And... Now they add a lot of things to that, slain in the Spirit. Slain in the Spirit, and all of these things. You see, if you do not walk on the Word of God properly, you can get all these things coming in, and it looks right. It sounds good, but it is it on the Word of God. Now I just want to say as well, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues. I still believe today, if you are just sitting there, sitting right now on, online as well, going, oh, this man is just not into the Holy Spirit. No, I'm not. The Holy Spirit is my power that I'm standing here today. And if the Holy Spirit is, I've seen people being healed miraculously in front of my own eyes. So it's not that I'm preaching against the working of the Holy Spirit, but we need to understand what's going on. You see, here again, it was Jews that they came across in Samaria. And again, they had water baptism in there. Now, something interesting happens at the end of this chapter, or just before this. We saw that the Jews rejected uh, the Holy Spirit. Stephen preached to them, and they gnashed their teeth. They stoned him to death. Why? Because he said to them, you are a stiff-necked people resisting the Holy Spirit. That was the third strike. They resisted God the Father with John the Baptist. They rejected God the Son with Jesus when they crucified him. They rejected the Holy Spirit when they stoned Stephen. And from that point, right the next verse, we find the Ethiopian, the Enoch. 
And now God turns to the Gentiles. And now we're going to see this is where this is starting to turn over now. But let's continue. Peter to Cornelius. We find Peter now needs to go and preach to a Gentile. The Jews now rejected God. God came first for the Jews. Now he's coming to the Gentiles. We know all what happened with Peter. And we follow it in verse 43, Acts 10, 43. To him all the prophets witness that. He's preaching to these Gentiles now. Look at this now. I want you not to miss this. Because something different happened here. You can't deny this. He says, while he witnessed that through his name, whoever believes in him, everybody say believes, will receive the remission of sin. What happened to the water baptism? He says, whoever believes in him will receive the remission of sins. He preached to them the gospel before this. While Peter, while Peter was still speaking these words, what happened? The Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. Brothers, this is so wonderful. It is while I'm speaking, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fell upon this church. Who believes God is here this morning? It's not a problem whether God, has, God is here this morning. It's a problem whether you are here this morning. You say, but I'm sitting here. I'm breathing. But your mind may not be here. I find this so fascinating because there's a subtle change here. No, no. A massive change here. While Peter was still speaking these words. As a young man, I remember, as a young pastor, and, and you know me, I'm still young, the younger one. I remember I prayed for the Lord. I said, Lord, oh, may that you use me so that when I preach your word, the Spirit just fall on people. But something happens in our day, which is different from this even. But listen, hang on. While he was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of those. Upon whom? All of those, all of those who heard the word and those of the circumcision, who are they? Jews. So the Jews are standing, they're looking at these Gentiles. And while Peter is standing there preaching his sermon, whoa, something happened. Holy Spirit falls on him. And the, the, the men of the circumcision stand there. Remember, they were in the upper room. What happened in the upper room? Ooh, mighty rushing wind. What happened? Tons of fire come down. What happened? On another occasion, the, the room was shaken. And I say, Lord, please don't shake this place. It's not mine. But anyway, it's shaken. The whole room was shaken. But these men stand there. And all of a sudden, it happens different than they were used to. This is why I'm challenged challenging you this morning about how and what you've heard before and come to the true word of God. They were just looking at these men and the Holy Spirit just fell on them. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. And I hope the word of God astonishes you this morning. As many as came with Peter because the gift, everybody say gift. Now, there's something interesting about a gift. A gift is something you give to somebody for free, and when you give that something to a person, it is theirs forever. Is that right? There's no conditions on that. He says the gift, and here for the first time he uses that beautiful word, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles only, uh, also. 
different. So different. Verse 46. For they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. Now you're saying to me, oh, wait a minute, preacher. You see, they have to speak in tongues. No, no. Why did these men speak in tongues? Because there were Jews in the room. And they most probably started speaking in Hebrew. Because if you follow this word there for tongues back, and I've preached that sermon, it is the words of dialect. They're a dialect back. They most probably speak in the dialect of those Jews. Then peace Peter answered, he says, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized? We have received, everybody say received, the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they asked him to stay a few days. So here we find, here we find them receiving the Gentiles. You see what's changed here? Jews, 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 Jews. We cannot build the doctrine of the Holy Spirit in the church today on that. Here all of a sudden we start to find it, and now we find that water baptism is after the receiving of the Holy Spirit. It's starting to form into what Paul, our apostle for the Gentiles, is teaching from the book of Romans to Philemon. Let's do one more and then we can drink tea and coffee. Are you with me still? Amen. We find Paul now, later on, a Jew. He's the, he's the apostle for the Gentiles, but he came across some Jews. Look at this. In Acts 19 verse 1. And it happened as while Apollos, now Apollos was a Jew preaching, um, but he didn't know the way properly until uh, Ananias, what's the two, mind block, what's the two people who who got him under their wings? Um, Priscilla, yes, and? That's it, thank you my brother, Priscilla. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul having passed through the upper regions came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, Jews, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you? Have you noticed a change? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were baptized? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when? No. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not as much as have heard of the Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what were you baptized? Remember Jesus said, John the Baptist will baptize you in water, but Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. In what baptism then? And they said in John's baptism. Now this makes sense. So they were baptized most probably on the day when he was baptizing in Bethabara around there in John chapter 3, 2, 3. So they were there in that crowd. The baptism for the remission of sins. But they didn't hear about the Holy Spirit. So John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. There it is. Saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Jesus, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Again, who's this? Jews. Go again. Go and listen to the sermon that I preach on tongues. Do you believe in tongues? Absolutely. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, 12, 13 and 14 talks about tongues. I pray in tongues when I pray. The Lord may use tongues, He may not use tongues. We'll get to that when we talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
But for today, I want you to see the timeline. Can you see how things have changed? Can you see how things have changed from the first to the, to the one? Now, let me end this morning and ask you then, what about today? What about now then? You said that we need to take away the smoke machines. You said we need to open up the windows and get light in. Praise God, can you do that? Just bring light into the churches. You know, we're preaching from a funeral home. This place should have been dark. But, but we bring light into this place, the light of Christ. And you say now, you know, speaking in tongues. Well, it's not. Because again, I, I refer you to what Paul said himself. Not all speak in tongues. But we'll get to that in a few weeks. How then? I take you to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. And by the way, we are going to start and preach verse by verse through Ephesians. And, and the Lord's going to bless your heart. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. This is Paul. He says, In him you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. The gospel of your salvation. Remember what I said last week, you must be born again. In whom also having believed. Everybody say believed. believed. What happened when you believed? What happened? You read it. The church read it. Can we read it one more time, church? What happened? Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy When did this happen? At the cross, when you were born again. I am preaching to you today that if the Lord Jesus, when God sent His Holy Spirit to, to pull you to the cross, and you kneel on the cross, and you repent your sin to God, and He comes down and He saves your soul, that very moment the Holy Spirit comes and He makes habitation within you, you receive the Holy Spirit. You see, when you believe, there's no works to be done here. Remember that word, gift of the Holy Spirit? He gives it to you. He says you were sealed. You know what seal means? I'll tell you what seal means. These people would have known. We don't. We don't. Back in those days, if you send something over which is really important, they close the thing down. They've got hot wax. And they've got the ring of the governor or whomever and they put that image in there. And they take it out. And only the people who the governor gives authority may break that seal. Here, God comes down and He comes to you when you are born again at that place, at the cross, and He puts that seal upon you, which only He can break. And He says, nobody will snatch you out of His hands. Nobody. I don't know if you've got assurance of salvation, but I certainly do. He says, who is the guarantee for the inheritance until, listen now, until when does he give you, until when does the seal stay there? Until the redemption of the purchased possession. Who is that? Who is the redemption of the purchased possession? Who is the purchased possession? Everybody goes like this. Come on, I'll see if you sleep by now if you don't do this. You see, my brother, that's crowd control. Right there. I caught you out. <laughs> I knew I was going to get him. <laughs> the purchased possession. 
He says, until, look at this word, it's right there in your Bible, until the redemption. When is the redemption going to happen of the purchase possession? When we, the rapture of the church, or when you pass away before the rapture, you are redeemed. Redeemed, hallelujah, I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Listen to me, I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. I don't know, I don't know whether you get what Paul is saying here. He says, the seal, who is the down payment, that's what that word means, guarantee means he's put down a down payment. He says, this is the deposit, on what? When the redemption of the purchase is going to happen. Nobody will take, it's his deposit. He's not going to ask back his deposit. Come on. This is so beautiful. Jesus said, I'll give you this forever. So you saw right through the book of Acts. You had to wait on it. You had to do this. Water baptism. All of these things. Laying on of hands. Doing all of these things. No, no, brothers and sisters. This morning, let me give you this example. If there's one person sitting here this morning who's never known God. He's been in church. But this morning, God saves his soul. If there's one person online today who sits there in their living room and, and, and fall down on the floor and say, Lord, save my soul. I know I'm a sinner at that particular place God forgives his sins he forgives his sins and then what happens he starts to work in him for his righteousness but he seals him he seals him with the Holy Spirit at that point in time right now yes let's give the Lord a hand praise the Lord no preacher no preacher no special preacher Oh, no, 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 it can happen. Listen to me. It can happen this morning in the Sunday school with your children. These, may, may, maybe, maybe, listen, you're sitting here. Your child sits there. My wife preaches the gospel because that's what she does. And, and that little child sits there and says, Lord, I still know I'm young, but save my soul. And the Spirit of Lord comes down and He seals that child forever. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand again. Hallelujah. Two more verses, two more verses, you know me, that goes, that goes on for half an hour. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, I, I see there's three more verses. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. We are baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, you see how it changed. It's no more just for the Jews. It's not only for the Greeks, which is the Gentiles. Whether slaves or free, we've all paid to drink in one spirit. Romans 8 verse 9. But you are not of the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of God, he is not of his. Brothers and sisters, you are of God if the Spirit dwells in you. And hopefully you walk out of these doors today knowing that if you are born again, the Spirit of God came and resided and lives in you forever. Romans 8 verse 15. I love the book of Romans chapter 8. He says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. One more time. For you did not receive the spirit of God of bondage again to fear. So why is it then that so many Christians fear today? Oh, there's a fifth vaccine coming out now. Oh, Bill Gates. I know I talk about that stuff as well. 
But I talk about it for gnosis, knowledge. Not because I'm afraid of Bill Gates. What is he? He's a man. Davos. Did you know that they're going to put kill switches in your electric cars? Did you know that? I started something for somebody right there. So the government can one day sit there and go, climate change, uh, nobody drives cars today, kill switch, press button, your car can't drive. <laughs> That's so fearful, what are going to happen with me? No, 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 we don't have that. We don't. What do we have? He says here, but, everybody say but. but. Brother, what does it mean? Sharp contrast. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now listen to this. The spirit himself bears witness with your spirit that we are children of God. How do you know that you are saved? Yes, the Bible gives me evidence that I'm saved. But his spirit living inside of me, I know. I know that I'm saved. I know that when he calls me, I will be going. And if we are children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Again, that's it, what I've got for you today. I, I pray that God would have spoken to your heart. Now again, I say, if you disagree with me, by all means, you can come to me and disagree with me. I'm not going to say that I'm going to put up a fight with you or nothing. That's the word of God. You've got all your time to go and read up over again. But pray about this. But brothers and sisters in this church, let's seek the Holy Spirit in truth. Amen? Amen. Father, we, amen. Father, we want to thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Father, for the clarity of your word. And Father, this morning, I just want to pray, Lord, if I've preached anything against your spirit, against your word, which is not truth, Father, let it be shown, Father, in true time. And Father, I, I hold myself accountable to you, what I've preached today, Lord, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Father, go with everybody today. Bless these souls, Father, and help us to grow in the spirit, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.